thank you for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness. You can also find and interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there. Okay, so today we're here to talk about a topic that's been lurking on the perimeter for a while. I've talked about it on the Patreon. We've mentioned it in various episodes. Um, But here we are. We're doing it. We're talking about Souls-likes. Games that are heavily inspired by Dark Souls and other FromSoft games. And... I think this episode is kind of happening because after I did that Patreon episode or something, we just kind of kept talking about this and going back and forth about Souls-likes. And so it's like, all right, let's just talk about it. Let's talk about the genre, what these games get right and get wrong. And we each kind of picked a couple games to present as good examples of a Souls-like or how to do a Souls-like game. Don't make me regret this. (laughs) Well, I I think I'm really interested in this topic because as I've said, as I said in the last episode, as I say all the time, in 2021, I played every FromSoft game. And then in 2022, I spent most of the year just playing Elden Ring and even like replaying some of Dark Souls 2 and other stuff from the company. And I got super into it. And yet I still found that I didn't like Souls-like games overall. But... Now I've found a couple that I like. I think I sort of figured out the genre and like what I like and dislike about it. And I think the real problem here might not be the genre itself or like the games. I think it's people's conception of the genre. Because I think that in video games, there's like a weird tendency to look at anything that's inspired by something else and just say it's a copy regardless of whether or not it is. And so I think that in the Souls-like genre, you get games that are actually really cool and original, but are just like taking inspiration from FromSoft. And then you also get games that are just really fucking bad Dark Souls copies (laughs) or games that are just uninspired and bad and just happen to grab some shit from FromSoft. And so people are like, oh, it's a Souls-like. So I think it's kind of like, I I wrote a little thing about this that I'm sure will either come out as a Patreon app or a part of this episode or something. I don't know yet. But like what I realized is that I think it's like back in the day before they had like the term action RPG and they called stuff Zelda likes or like before the term survival horror was codified and people were just saying it's like Resident Evil. You know what I mean? So I kind of feel like it's not even Mm -hmm. a real genre. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Well, and action RPG kind of. Uh, I mean, it still has multiple meanings, I guess, but for a really long time, that's how you referred to, like, a Diablo game. Right. Usually, like, or, uh, I think, I think it was, at least in my mind, if you said action RPG, that, like, or you typed it out that way, that was, like, a, something like this, and then ARPG acronym, that's, like, Diablo for me. 
right like that's uh like the isometric perspective like dungeon crawly kind of yeah row of keys for all your spells sort of uh sort of games right yeah so it's like yeah i would go into steam and be like i want to play an act like an arpg and then it would just be a bunch of these (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i'm like that's not what i want at all yeah it's just odd i think that the way that genres work in video games is really really strange because people are just really gatekeepy and there's also this whole stance of like being against art or just wanting to say that video games aren't art and so you end up with people either being like this game is a masterpiece or this game is just a copy of another game and like it's really frustrating because like i think that nobody would call near automata a souls like because it's like a big budget game by a beloved developer and publisher but it's basically a souls like same with breath of the wild it's like nobody's going to call breath of the wild a souls like but if you're going to judge it by all the same metrics that you judge like an indie game it's basically a souls like but i think people understand inherently that that genre or that way of referring to something is like kind of disrespectful and shitty and i mean it's just like music like yeah. at some point that stuff uh probably does more harm than good i think th- i think to the right ear it's useful to give you an idea of what something sort of is right but like i don't like when you say breath of the wild is a soul so like i'm like no it isn't but like i also know what you mean when you say that yeah so I know I know you're not trying to tell me like if you love Dark Souls, you have to play Breath of the Wild. It's like no, they're they're different right. in many ways, but also they share enough similarities in a post uh from soft world, I guess. Well, yeah, and like the thing I've said before many times in real life and on the show, I'm sure I've said it, is that genres are marketing terms. The whole concept of a genre is useful for marketing and basically nothing else. Like if you dive too deep into genre, you just end up becoming like a really unoriginal artist. So what you kind of need to do is just use it as marketing. And so you can look at like music genres where like if a band says we're this genre and it's not really working for them in a marketing sense, then that's not correct. Like that's actually not a good choice for them. But then like, In video games, I think the same thing sort of applies here. And it's like, I don't know, it seems like a lot of people are very into the idea of Souls-likes or like saying their game is a Souls-like because they're just trying to get eyes on it. But it's like the eyes that are you're getting on it are also just like straight up saying that you suck and you're unoriginal. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's like, and, and that's the thing is that within art, being inspired by other pieces of art is good. It's natural. Like not everyone is going to make this experimental original thing that nobody's ever seen. Like the majority of people are going to make, even people making great art are going to be pulling elements from other things, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, we live in a, in a society where being open about uh, having inspiration or just like cribbing something like just outright just because just because you like it a lot not because you're like i need to steal this so people will like what i do um like you can't like people are scared to be open about that stuff for any number of reasons and part of that part of the reason is that people will just be like you stole this you just stole it and it's like yeah i did i i said right here that i did like this isn't a secret man like i like this thing yeah exactly and i see the thing for me is that i've always worked that way because like When I was really young, I didn't know how to write music. 
And the way that I figured you learned how to write music was to listen to songs you like and take them apart and make something else out of the same parts. <laughs> and like part of that was also because I grew up listening to a fuck ton of hip hop. And like when I was learning about production first, like in my late teens, I was super obsessed with like Mad Lib and Dilla. And so like I was in that mindset of like, the way you make music is you take other things apart and put them back together. And I've always been super open about it. And so sometimes it's like subtle and people don't get it. But it's funny when people would get it and would like accuse me of ripping something off. Like, like my favorite example is that there's a Hollow Boys song that is literally, the verse is literally just stop me if you think you've heard this one before by the Smiths because I thought it was funny. Like, <laughs> The song's called Stop Me If You Think You've Heard This One Before. And I was like, oh, yeah, let me just take that riff note for note. And and then, yeah, people, there's like, you can find comments online or people at shows or be like, did you just like take that riff from the Smiths? And I was like, yes, <laughs> it's funny. Like, I think it's kind of a funny meta joke to do that, you know? Well, you either, you either grow up as a Christian metalcore kid who... um really liked that Norma Jean just stole botch riffs or you grew up as a Christian metalcore kid that thinks that they ripped off botch and that sucks. Hmm. What is it so. called when you're not a Christian metalcore kid, but you think they ripped off botch and they suck? <laughs> Cause uh, asking well, for a friend. Just, that's just blasphemy. Honestly. <laughs> hey, asking for a friend, <laughs> but yeah, like, like to your point. Yes. I, I think that you, you know, having influences and building upon the work of others is good. And so like when Dark Souls exploded and the whole Soulsborne thing exploded, I think that it was only natural for other people to start taking from it, you know? And it's like the same when, if you go back however many fucking years now, when Ocarina of Time came out and it just blew everyone's minds, like, of course, suddenly there was a wave of... 3D action adventure games that were roughly in the same style, you know? And it's like, if you were just going to jump out the window and say, these all suck, then like, you're going to miss my personal, some of my personal favorite games of that generation, like Mystical Ninja starring Gomon, Brave Fencer mm. Musashi, like classic. Yeah. Like all these great games. And it's like, yeah, like they took what that game did, but they're so unique. They're so original. They're so fun. Um, that like, it doesn't matter. And so, yeah, I, I've started to kind of wonder if it's like, well, is, is the whole genre term an idea of souls likes just a way for like closed minded gamers to dismiss games that are otherwise like good, fun, original games, you know? Well, I think that maybe, um, many artistic mediums, video games especially are full of people who like to just gatekeep things for the sake of it yeah, because sure. uh, they're not whole on the inside which hey uh, neither am I but <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to tell people that they're not allowed to like like a thing because it sucks or something yeah unless it like sucks because it's made by like a, a rapist or something that's but that's another that's, that we've yeah. had that discussion yeah and that's that's different yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm That's built different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jinx, dude. Same joke. Um, yeah. 
I, I think that's true. Um, but with Souls-likes specifically, and I guess that once again, the parallels between this and music genres are just massive. Like we could basically have literally the same conversation about whatever heavy metal subgenre you could pick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, I think that with Souls-likes, I find it really frustrating because some of the best games point blank that I've played in the last, you know, five or six years is basically when I started playing video games again are could be sorted vaguely into the souls like genre but then conversely some of the worst most unplayable games i've ever played in my life could also be sorted into this genre and like i think it's just kind of obnoxious that everything is getting lumped into there once again unless it's a big budget very hyped up piece of media and then it's like well you get a pass like Near Automata has a resurrection mechanic. It basically has a, uh, you know, it has a dodge roll. It has everything, but it's not a Souls like because we decided, you know? <laughs> it's like, well, no, don't do that. Cause like, I mean, and a lot of this thinking for me is really cropped up in the last like two weeks because I played Tunic and Tunic is like one of the best games I've ever played in my life. I am like losing my mind over it. And it's like, all the coverage of it is like, isn't it crazy that it was inspired by Bloodborne? And it's like, shut up. Shut the fuck up. What are you doing? Hmm. Stop it. Get some help. Am I crazy for this? Uh, A question to you and the listeners, I guess, because I don't, I'm not much of a Bloodborne head. Or, yeah, I tried. Whatever. Uh, I feel like I saw some amount of Bloodborne like had some ideas that it took from like devil may cry is that accurate oh big time big time for sure dude well that's the other thing about this whole conversation is like i think that and and once again this is coming from a big from soft head now like i've abandoned all pretense i've lost myself completely I just love (laughs) this shit, right? Like, I'm just a hog for it. Put me at the trough. Um, And I want to say that people act like these games came out of the blue and they're wholly original. And it's like, dude, they're not. Like, not even a little bit. I mean, the Soulsborne games are clearly just another piece in the lineage of, like, Zelda games and super hard action games from the NES era. And even remakes of those games, like the Ninja Gaiden remake, the Shinobi remake, um, and then, you know, all sorts of like hyper-difficult 3D action games from the PS2 era. And some of these games are even made by FromSoft themselves. Like Dark Souls is part of a lineage and it kind of just like carried that lineage on and found a way to make it relevant to today and feel fresh and unique. That's like the big achievement here. The achievement here isn't that FromSoft created a new genre or style of game. It's that they took a mix of old genres and styles that had fallen out of fashion and they made something new out of them, you know? But it's like, there's a ton of influence from, yeah, everything from the original Zelda to Nightmare Creatures to, yeah, definitely the, like, you know, Capcom, the, like, pre-Platinum, Platinum action games, like Devil May Cry and mm-hmm. all that shit. It's, like, it's part of a lineage. Like, they're artists, too, and they're working in the exact same way that we're describing, you know? 
Yeah, I don't know why it happened because it doesn't happen consistently in video games, but there's there can be a tendency to like mislabel just the progression of like the medium as like instead of just being like, oh, Dark Souls is just like uh, a new fork from the line of like just action RPG games or action games or whatever. Uh-huh. Like they're like, no, this is a whole new genre. It's a new. They made a new because I remember having that debate. I remember trying to be like, it's not. It's just. It's just another. It's a thing. It's not its own genre. Like eighty percent of what makes this so special to you is in so many other games. But like people didn't want to hear that. They're like, no, it's a new genre. And I'm like, well, you don't. You don't call like FPS games like Halo likes. And, like, uh-huh. <laughs> let's be fair, Halo was an insanely huge departure in how it played from, like, the sort of FPS games that were extremely popular before it. Right. Because it had to be, because it was made for a console. So everything about how it played was kind of structured for that platform. And so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Quake 3. Right. And no one was like, we're going to start calling <laughs> these games <laughs> Halo likes. Like, the first game after that came out. That was like, you can carry two guns, motherfucker. You don't get to have 800 guns anymore. Like, no one was saying that. Yeah. Like, they might be like, well, you can only have two guns like Halo. That would be it. They would not be like, ah, (laughs) a new genre has (laughs) cropped. Like, you know, that didn't happen. So it's, I'm not sure what things really, you know, converged at the right time to have everyone be like, no, this is a, a wholly new thing that's happening. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I guess either way doesn't matter because it's having having new points of inspiration is like a net positive. So, yeah, you know, I'm not mad that people were saying it's a a new thing, but, you know, it it may hurt the discourse a little to to just sit there and act like (laughs) these guys made an amazing new creation when there's a, a whole lot of time and energy put into many other things that came before it that would have helped it come into existence so right and I, and I think that it actually does seriously hurt discourse and criticism you know when that happens and I think that's what I've kind of figured out with these games because like FromSoft they're extremely good at what they do uh, nobody else can do it like them. They make it look easy. You might say, "Damn, are we gonna keep doing these like one at one per episode until we run out of them?" I saved them all, so yes. <laughs> this is a certified hood classic. Because of that, I think that if everything that takes inspiration from them is just lumped into a genre where okay, it's supposed to be like their work, that's when everything just starts to look really shitty and uninspired, right? Even when it's not. And I think that was low-key a problem I was having with Souls-likes, was that I was approaching them with like, okay, they're supposed to be like Dark Souls, so I want the thing that I get from Dark Souls. And that's even like... if if you go back and listen to that Patreon episode, I stand by everything I said in it and like all of my assessments of the games I talked about, like I totally stand by hundred percent. Cause like those games all do suck in my opinion, but I also am at fault here somewhat because I was going in thinking I want a game like 
this, you know, I want to play mm-hmm. something like Dark Souls, so give me that. And I realize now that like, oh, well, that's of course why I didn't like any of those games. You know what I mean? Like, it's because I had the wrong idea. I had the wrong expectations and it wasn't fair for me to go in with that expectation. Now, like, does that change the fact that I think Mortal Shell is awful? No. Does it change <laughs> the fact that I think that Neo and Neo 2 are literally unplayable? No, like, absolutely not. Like, I, those games are fucking unplayable. But, like, it does mean that, like, if I'm going to engage with a game like that again, I have to go in with the right mindset because it's not going to be Dark Souls. It's not going to be FromSoft. Like, it's something else. So... That was my big yeah, realization. And this isn't like an indictment of your behavior regarding chasing like the souls high, but like I think there's something to be said for understanding that when you have something like that, like when you have a thing that you in this case play and you're like, whoa, this is this is huge. Like I need more of this. Like it's um, I think it's important to just be like, this is the only one though. Right. Like you're not gonna find another one. Even maybe even the sequel is just not going to hit quite the same. Like you never know. And so like, yeah, it can be really damaging, I think, to just like go through and be like, I got to find another one. There has to be another one somewhere. Because it's just not going to exist. It's just like even with music a lot of the times, you know, and how stuff can be really samey within a genre. Like, you know, to one person, every shoegaze record sounds the same. Right. But, you know, to someone, they have a favorite and then you could you could go listen to another one and be like, well, this just isn't this isn't hitting quite the same for me. Right. So it you it's it's better to ask yourself what you like so much about it and then just see how many things you can find that, you know, at least make you think of that that core thing fondly. Right. And yeah. not like in the case of Souls games, like. Who, um, I, I think most of the games that try to just like full stop, like copy every just little piece of a Dark Souls game are like those are the, those are the bad ones. Yeah, the ones that, and especially the ones that came out really quickly after like the popularity of Dark Souls, those are the worst ones. Yeah, because they are straight up just like we need to make one, we need to make us one of those, and yeah. like. <laughs> Nah, man, you do not have the pedigree. You don't have the like heart behind it. Like, yeah. Nah. Why do you? Why do you think no one talks about the surge or Lords of the Fallen anymore? Though <laughs> I guess people do be talking because they were like, "Yo, what if we remade Lords of the Fallen and pretended it never happened?" I've Which is crazy. Not heard a single good thing about that game. Okay, well, uh, shall we get started? <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. it's just the most okay fucking game. Like, yeah. if you get it for eight bucks and you go into it, just like, I, I, actually, it's cheaper than eight. I looked; you can get it for like four dollars. Like, if you yeah. just go into it, like, I'm just gonna play this action RPG game. It's fine. It yeah. looks nice. Uh, you know, it's just one of those where they're like heavy attack, light attack, parry um right magic <laughs> like yeah it's it's not super inspired but you know sometimes you don't need something that's super inspired it kind of you know you just have to go into it with the right mindset honestly and you kind of need to go into it with some amount of like grace because boy yeah it's just like the most whatever video game ever but it's not awful 
yeah. but it's just so weird to me that like they were like yo let's do it again because i watched yeah. that trailer and i was like what the fuck like it doesn't <laughs> there's nothing about this being a remake it makes no reference like at all it's not any it's just called the same thing yeah and that's so goofy to me and i'm like why how i was like it doesn't have brand recognition so why would you is it literally because they just wanted to take another stab at like a, a souls game and they didn't want to yeah. have to like pay for a new trademark so they're like let's just use the old one yeah <laughs> and this one's just going to be like an elden ring like is that and is that going to happen are we going to have yeah i don't elden know. ring likes <laughs> is has that created because every time i mean after dark souls 3 every game they've put out has been like everyone's like it's not dark souls and i'm like okay i mean that's fine sure right but like does that mean you're gonna start doing this shit <laughs> yeah. are we gonna have bloodborne likes well we do uh, more on that later maybe i guess yeah yeah we're getting i mean well someone put out a game called timesia that looks pretty bad and it's supposed to be pretty bad but that's just like a, a bloodborne like and then there's that lies of p game that's supposed to be coming out which oh, is the pinocchio one yeah and that's just straight up a bloodborne like yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll play, and that's the thing I will say. I'll, I would play any of those games, but yeah, I don't want to pay full price for them because they're probably not going to be great. Yeah, well, okay. So he, here's one thing about this episode that we're doing. So what I thought would be cool is that each of us picked a couple of games that we played to talk about, and some of them we've both played, some of them only one of us has played. Um, but what kind of ended up happening naturally is that we each picked one 3D game and one 2D style game. And I think that's useful because there is a really big divide in the Souls-like genre, if you want to call it that, um, between the 3D games that really do try and just kind of do the Dark Souls thing and then the 2D games, which are taking a lot of stuff from the Soulsborne games, but then mixing it with some kind of old school gameplay, usually side-scrolling Metroidvania action adventure. Um, generally, it kind of feels like you're playing Symphony of the Night, but with a whole bunch of Dark Souls influence, right? And I think that is a, a useful way to kind of talk about the genre and structure this discussion because there is a really big difference and I have really wildly different opinions um, on the 2D stuff and the 3D stuff and so maybe we'll start with the, should we start with the 3D stuff since we're kind of already talking about it? Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So my experience with 3d souls like games and it seems like you have a lot of experience with them too was that yeah i kind of went on a bender where i just tried like a fuck ton of them and <laughs> i couldn't get into any of them like i think the first one i tried was neo because neo has a really cool intro and people talk really highly of it but then once i actually got into the game i couldn't make heads or tails of the combat system like i was reading the words that were on the screen and I just couldn't make anything happen. <laughs> yeah, and, my understanding of Neo is the one where you have like stances, right? That's not Sekiro. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Stances is like. I think. Uh, I think it's a neat idea because I think maybe like Devil May Cry sort of like made that concept fun, where you're kind of like on the fly switching between styles, quote unquote. Right. That sort of vary things a little bit. Um. 
but that game's obviously got a little more fluidity behind it, I think. Um, yeah. And not quite as much like uh, difficulty or artificial difficulty or whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, but yeah, like a, the idea of like a really um, like deliberate action game that's like it's not slow, but it is heavy. Yeah. Where you also have to manage like combat stances is like, nah, dude. I'm bad at fighting games. You can't do this to me now. <laughs> if I can't dodge roll out of the way or into it using like the iframes, like I, nah, uh, uh-uh. yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be messing with stances, dog. For sure, and I, and I think that Neo, even though it came out a long time before Sekiro, I think, and uh, it has a lot in common with Sekiro in the sense that it expects you to be at a super high level of play at all times. It's like any enemy can kill you. Any enemy is like a boss fight, which is not so dissimilar from like a Dark Souls game. But at the same time in this game, just to even defeat an enemy, you have to be at such a high level of play and you have to be engaging with the mechanics in such an intense and complicated way. I mean, I, I just couldn't understand it. Like, or, or like I could understand what they were trying to do. I couldn't get it to work in both games. I got to the first enemy that wasn't like a literal worm and I died and I couldn't get past it. <laughs> a worm though. Yeah. A worm. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it was just like so frustrating. I was like, I don't get this. So I bailed on that game. Um, I tried mortal shell, <laughs> which you seem to have a better experience with than I did. Eh, I wouldn't say better. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Uh, maybe I should just like of my own volition just fucking play it a little more. Um, I think the area, like the main, once you get into the main starting area, I'm like, well, this area looks really cool. I love a like dark, foggy, desaturated, just like shitty fucking place like that. Yeah. But that also has like a really weird sense of like like just size to it like there's like a lot of verticality that not that you can access it but it's there um but then yeah once i got to like the first like real like kind of combat section where there's more than like one enemy at a time i was like uh now i'm now they're losing me on this a bit uh yeah and i'm not i'm not i i haven't decided for myself why all why that is really like what all the the parts at play are but um yeah so like i can't say if it's like just a shittily made game or i'm not good enough or you know whatever it is but uh it felt like a game where at first i was like no yeah i I got this like i can get this it's a little different but no problem and then when i actually had to fight i was like oh maybe i maybe i don't have this yeah i think maybe if i could say definitively if there's anything just like heinously wrong with it it's that it does the thing a lot of games that try to emulate uh, like a FromSoft game do is it's like unnecessarily like esoteric. Yeah. Like it tries so hard to do that. And it's a version of trying hard to do that is just literally not telling you. Yeah. Just nothing, nothing at all. And I, I appreciate the like, no, once you use this item, we'll tell you what it does. And then you get a lore entry, uh, you yeah. know, if you use it enough, whatever, I don't give a shit. But like, I, I couldn't even figure out how to use an item for a second. Yeah. Like, at least in Dark Souls, you know, the thing 
the thing in the corner, the UI bit with like your items and your weapons and all that. Like it's laid out like the D-pad. So, you know, you're pressing the D-pad according to what thing you want to interact with. Yeah. And so like it, you, you know, and it, it only takes a few seconds to really get used to how that works. And like in that game, I was like, whoa, what is going on? What are any of these? Yeah. Like, how do I heal? Like, at least in Dark Souls, they're like, you go by the dead body. You start in the area. You go by the body. It tells you all the controls. Press, yeah. press blank. Like, it, it gives you the core mechanics. Yes. You know how to play the game. But yeah. then you're like, well, what does this item do? Clearly, it's a random thing. It's a singular item. Not It's not the healing item that you pick up off the ground. Yeah. Like, it's something you you will find out later. Right. Not a thing you need to know right now what it does. And like that happens a lot. Like everyone's just like, oh, you got to make it mysterious. And I'm like, no, you need to make parts of it mysterious. So people have things to chase and things to investigate, not like struggle with the the core parts of your game. Yeah. See, play. OK. And, and to be clear, these games aren't the picks for what we want to talk about. I'm just kind of going over some of the background and like some of the games that we've played in this genre or checked out in this genre I should say and like mm -hmm. Mortal Shell I think is important to bring up because this was a game where I realized really specifically what I like and don't like about games that are vaguely in the style of a FromSoft game or are going for that style I think that number one I really have to like the look aesthetic and design of the world which mortal shell i hate it and that's just a personal preference i think it's ugly i think it's drab sure. i found nothing interesting about it right like it does have a similar color palette to like the original dark souls but like none of the cool 80s dark fantasy design none of the <laughs> nice yeah. vistas like it just doesn't have any of that shit you know um so i need a good look and aesthetic Number two, I need a good combat system. Like, it doesn't have to feel exactly like Dark Souls, and I would actually prefer that it doesn't. Like, that's not even my favorite combat system in a game ever, but, like, it's got to be methodical. It has to be very purposeful, and it has to feel very finely tuned because, like, that's the core of the game. You can't cut any corners. Like, if you're going to cut corners elsewhere, like in visuals and other things or whatever, like, that's fine. The combat has to be good. And I think the third thing, yeah, is that it has to manage that esoteric aspect well. Yeah, because like in like you said, in Dark Souls, they tell you exactly what all the buttons do. You understand the basic mechanics of the game. It's all the other shit, and it's all the more complex mechanics that it keeps you completely in the dark about and so if a game starts up and you're just like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing i don't know how to beat the first enemy in the game then like that's a problem or like if you just play the combat and you're like this feels bad am i missing something like what's going on here why does this suck that's not good that like regardless that shouldn't be a feeling that you have and so i think mortal shell helped me solidify those thoughts and i think that is still something i'm carrying over like from my old mentality is like if i'm gonna play a game in the style that's what i'm looking for i think a game that i'm kind of on the fence about and now that i've thought about it more i am gonna try again and i am gonna play again is ashen um that was a game that i had mixed feelings about because like i like the aesthetic a lot but as much as I played of it, I didn't super love like the world. It was a little generic feeling, but like the aesthetic is awesome. And I kind of felt like the combat is 
okay. Like it feels a lot like Zelda, like an N64 Zelda game or something. Like it didn't feel super like methodical um, or deep to me. But I'm like, you know, I only played a couple hours of that game. I should really go back and give it um, a fair shot. Because that's a game that I think maybe I dismissed a little too quickly because it wasn't enough like Dark Souls. But that might actually have its own thing going on, you know? Yeah, I think that game benefits a little more if you approach it like I would say like a linear Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And I say linear because I think if I my memory of like the how the map works is correct, it is something of a linear game. Like when you look at it, like it's a it's a pretty big world or game area sandbox, whatever, but it literally kind of isn't a line. So there's not too much of a question of like where you need to go next and and all that stuff. Like you kind of you know what you're doing, at least like directionally. Um, which I guess in a way Souls games often are, but they at least do a really great job of giving the illusion of like you can go anywhere. And sometimes that's true if you know what to do to get there. Because a lot of that stuff's like a bit obfuscated, but it's not you're not like barred from entry because you haven't done a thing yet. It's just all, again, a little esoteric and weird. But in Ashen, it's just like, no, you're you're kind of you're you're going to always be going the right way. But there's a lot of little just like, can I platform this? Like, I see a thing over there. Can I like just kind of jump around and find my way to it, which is interesting because Elden Ring does that a lot now. And usually that stuff's a little more thoughtfully made and like laid out. So you, you know that if you see an item like high up on a thing somewhere that there must be an access point nearby that you just need to find. Right. Um, but it's like interesting to see that in Elden Ring when that's kind of a thing in Ashen is like, you are sometimes meant to do some really goofy platforming. Like it doesn't mm. even seem like you're supposed to go that way, but you actually yeah. are. And then sometimes you're not and you don't. And that's kind of a weakness of the game is you don't know if you're actually supposed to go there or not. And if an area is not built for it, you can kind of fuck yourself just a little bit. Right. But, you know, like sometimes the fun of a game is not being told explicitly what to do, where to go, or if it's going to work or any of that stuff, you just get to play in the sandbox. Right. And like playing that game with like so- sort of a uh, soulsy combat, it's a little more generous and not quite as, you know, like heavy feeling, but it's right. similar. And like having a game where like a lot of the enemy variety and placement is similar and how you interact with them is similar, like being able to just like clear a little spot and then just run around and jump on shit is like I thought it was really fun yeah um and I did like that you just kind of always have a partner after uh, like a uh, after a little bit of play you pretty much get access to like a consistent like co-op partner nice which for me like souls games like I don't like soloing them I love pulling somebody in for literally anything whether I'm just running around or like doing a boss um yeah for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, de- I just need to check out that game again. Um, I got it on PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, I have it. Um, yeah, we, you, we, oh, you can co-op? Can you co-op? Just co-op? Yeah, like um, you're, you're given like a um, like an AI partner 
pretty early on and i can't remember if there's eventually some variety to the partners you get or not but yeah. uh, like they're always with you like they always just run around with you um but yeah it's co-op you can just like i think i think you can just have like someone in your game instead of that that co-op that ai co-op partner yeah so a bit uh, more streamlined to not like a timed summon sign thing or just for a boss fight like i think you can theoretically you could just start the game and like play through it in one setting if you wanted to like sit down that long yeah i need to give that game another shot but so the first game that i wanted to talk about that i picked and so my first 3d pick is one that we both played and it's the one that convinced me that souls like games could be good and it's the first one in that style specifically that i really loved and it's like the last game that I expected to be the one that like converted me. And it's a Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, Sussy. It's so good, dude. What the fuck? Like, right. wow. Okay. Are you okay? You've been body snatched, haven't you? Yeah. Yes, unfortunately I have. No, but like for real. Okay, so the way that this happened was that uh, Monica had never seen a Star Wars movie. And so over the Thanksgiving like long weekend, she was like, I want to watch all the Star Wars movies. Oh, well, she wanted to watch the original trilogy. And then we also ended up watching um, the new trilogy as well, because I'm old school and I hate the prequels. Um, but so we oh were, okay sorry so you watched like four five six and then you watched seven eight, eight nine nine okay yeah yeah um but no prequels like none of them at all or no i showed her some scenes okay. from phantom menace to let her know kind of like what the deal was and she was like yeah i'm good <laughs> yeah i think like you know for me i really like those just because those those came out after i had been shown like the original trilogy by my dad so like i got to sort of have my own little like uh like role in like the the, the zeitgeist of star wars you know is like a new thing right um so in a way i get why people can like seven eight and nine you know um right. But yeah, I think in her case, like you could probably just find like a YouTube video that sort of like gives you the like three minute version of Anakin. So you just get like kind of how it happened and getting to watch the the scene from episode three where they fight each other. Yeah. Where he get, where he gets all like fucked up and chicken nuggeted. Yeah. For sure. Just because there's some like great shitty dialogue. It's like the worst like it's the worst movie acted like as best as it can in, in that moment yeah like it's so over the top but like you and mcgregor is just like giving it everything <laughs> god it's yeah. so crazy god bless him he's trying um but yeah so, so we watched all these star wars movies and i was like man i forgot how fun star wars is especially like the old movies yeah. they're yeah. so and Monica loved it too. She was like, "Wow, it's so fun! It's like it's fast paced, it's fun, it's it's just a good time." And I was like, "Yeah, for sure." And so, after that, I was like, "You know, I wonder if any of those old Star Wars games that I used to love from like the N sixty four days are on Steam." And so I jumped on there and poked around, and it was like, "No, not really." But this game, I a lot of them were. I thought like that had happened, like. Disney no. at least was like, ah, here, and they just gave, they put they're, all them Lucasfilm joints or LucasArts or whatever, like, on they're Steam. They're bad, though. They're, like, oh, okay. fucked up ports, like, not optimized for Windows 10. I did try to play one. Yeah. 
and it was like you need to go into your like compatibility settings and then run Windows and DOS yeah, mode, like no. not even compatibility mode, but like it wants you to like yeah, I don't, emulate DOS. I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. I don't fuck with that because like I yeah. I know that N64 emulation exists, so I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not fuck with that. But anyway, so that was where Shadows I, of the Empire, baby. Yeah, exactly. That's where I landed. Was like, well, Shadows of the Empire is not here. Fuck it. And so that, but then I saw that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was on there for like five bucks. And I was like, I actually wanted to play that game a bit when it came out, like not $60 worth of wanting to play, but I was like, Mm -hmm. that looks cool. And so I got it. And dude, I I love this game. Okay. Here's why I like this game so much. So I think it nails everything that I want from something in the genre. All the stuff that I outlined, like five, 10 minutes ago, whatever, right? Where it's like, it has a really cool, visually appealing world. Um, What they've done with the designs of everything is really neat. Like they kind of take that Star Wars concept of like, there's all these different planets and they have different climates and looks and feels and everything. And they've done that. So they've taken that and made a bunch of different interesting stages to explore. Um, The combat is really really good um so it has difficulty options so it's not from soft style where you boot it up and it's immediately hard but if you bump it like one notch up from the like default genre like or the default setting it's called jedi master and it's really good like it has that dark souls feel however the combat is significantly different like you have a lightsaber um you don't have a shield you can block, but it's way more about like dodging and parrying to make up for that. They've made parrying a lot easier than it is in like a FromSoft game. Um, but overall, the combat is still really difficult. And I guess the way that you kind of manage it is that you learn the weight and feel of how like the lightsaber combat works. And then you also max out this like skill tree or you sort of pick your path on a skill tree, just like as you would in any normal like triple A action game. But the combination of those two things makes it real, makes it feel really fun and fresh and unique. And especially since a lot of the game is just doing control style uh, Metroidvania exploration, but in a really like fun and cool 3D space, and then coming up against these parts where it's just like a combat gauntlet where you fight a fuck ton of dudes. And I don't know, it just has a really nice pace and flow and feel to it. It looks great. It's really fun to play. And yeah, like I think it's it has a lot more in common with something like Breath of the Wild than people give it credit for. Not in like a nuts and bolts way, but in the sense of like taking a thing that people are familiar with and they like and grafting some of this like soulsy, hyper difficult combat and deep mechanical stuff onto it. And I think that's kind of a winning formula. Like obviously that worked for Breath of the Wild, which is like making this big expansive Zelda exploration game and then giving it more difficult methodical combat. Everyone loves that. In this game, it's like, well, taking this kind of Star Wars universe and type of feel that people are familiar with and then putting it in a game where the combat is very difficult and methodical. And I think the other thing that I didn't mention earlier is a good loop. Like all the FromSoft stuff has a great loop of like going out, exploring, leveling up, hitting a bonfire, doing it all over again, making your way to a boss, you know? And this game nails that too. So 
I don't know. It's just a really well done game, and I I really really enjoyed it. I tried to unfortunately play it uh, not long after I got out of the hospital. I think so. Um, God, dude, my attention span was shot. Uh, like it was literally the first night that I was like, I think I can like sit at my desk and right. like not just exist in a state of like unyielding discomfort and agony. Right. <laughs> which you, which I, it sounds, it's really hard to like, um, quantify like how it felt. Like it's, you would think that like as long as you get like set and you don't move, you'd be okay. But like, I, when I tell you that literally just like being set in my chair and not moving like was excruciating and the weirdest way it, it was, it was strange. Yeah. But I was like, I think I can. And like I had, I don't remember if I had a coupon on Epic or what I got that game for like 10 bucks. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm in a spot like every once in a while I had a like star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars. And like that manifests a different way usually every time. But like I was like, yeah, I'll I'll give this game a try. Ten bucks is like that's cheap as fuck. And it's uh it's respawn and like you know people talk really highly about uh, the Titanfall two campaign because it's it is good. I've played that. Um, I don't care about shooters quite the way I used to. But like yeah, sure they're good at those. Apex Legends is fun. Well, whatever. Um, but I was like, like I would play a game by them in a, in a squarely different genre that's based on a fun thing like Star Wars. And it's the guy from the TV. What's his name? I don't know his name. The redheaded guy. Oh, really? The, the main character. Yeah. He's, uh, he's in Shameless. He's in, he was in Gotham for a little bit. Uh, I don't know what else he's been in. These are shows. He is an actor of sorts. They really like to do that with Star Wars games, I think. The like the um face cap like real actor thing. It happens a decent bit. Well, uh it happens uh I mean Forrest Whitaker is in this game. Isn't he in Star Wars? Well, I'm saying, yeah, it's like his character that is in uh Rogue One, which we also watched, oh. which is oh. actually the best new yeah, Rogue One Star Rocks. Wars movie. That yeah, movie for sure. was amazing. And uh he I mean, this game is set a decent chunk of time before Rogue One, so there's like a younger mm-hmm. version of the crazy ass character that he plays in Rogue <laughs> One is nice. in this game. Um, yeah, I mean, another thing this game does really, really well that I love is like it. Okay, I really like the new Star Wars movies, and I know, and I I like all three of them, which I it's apparently a massive hot take that multiple people message me about, and we're like are you, are you sure? (laughs) Like, is this what you meant to say? And I was like, yeah, for sure. I love them. I think that they're good because they understand what was good and fun about the original trilogy. And then they just put their own spin on it. Like it's not exactly a remake, but it's also like not, not a remake. (laughs) You know, it's like they're Mm -hmm. taking all these things from the original being, okay, here's a new version. It's updated. It's somewhat different, but it's what you like. I think this game is really good at that. So like you get a very cute and fun droid um, whose name is BD one, which is unfortunate because it always sounds like your character is saying BD Wong. And like the whole game, I just thought he was like yelling at BD Wong for some reason. (laughs) Um, The actor real ones know who that is. Yeah, we love BD Wong. Come on. But um, when you said BD one, I was like big dick one. (laughs) Yeah, see, that would have been unfortunate, except I only ever heard BD Wong. 
And so I was like, yeah, yeah. it's BD Wong. But um, anyway, uh, like that droid is really fun and cute. He's great. I love him. Uh, it's similar to what they did with like BB-8 where they just made like a new yeah. one that's also cute, like RGD2 or whatever. Anyway, the point is that like they also put you on some planets like that you go to Kashyyyk, which is like where the Wookiees are from and there's like Wookiees everywhere and then Forrest Whitaker shows up and you're like, I'm having so much fun. Like, I'm so happy that there are Wookiees everywhere mm. and now Forrest Whitaker is here. This is great. And like, I don't know. I think that they do a good job of that. Even like when you're in the depths of some of the levels, like they get so Metroidvania-ish and they also are, they're very focused on like the idea that the Jedis are like an ancient order. So some of them actually have almost more of like a Metroid Prime feel to them or something. Like mm. even when you're in the depths of those, there's still like Star Wars shit. Like you'll still run across some stormtroopers or you'll come into a room that has like more modern touches to it and stuff. And you're just like, oh yeah, like, I'm in Star Wars world. So I think that's one like underrated thing about this game is that like they put their own spin on a Star Wars environment. They're not doing the like uh, um, Rogue Squadron thing where it's like you're in the movie, you know, like, oh, remember this scene? Remember this scene? Like they're doing their <laughs> own unique thing, but it still feels accurate well look the shadows of the empire hoth thing was at least fun oh so. i'm not against that like i i love uh rogue squadron i think it's good that every star wars game has one part in it right. that is like no this is the thing in the movie it's just the part a part yeah. you didn't see because you're focused on this one thing um but yeah like the idea of just like you're playing star wars is like nah dude that sucks yeah well we we got that already like when when rogue squadron came out and especially rogue squadron 2 i mean that was mind-blowing like rogue squadron 2 was just absolute like mind exploded you know into the back of the room type shit they were in a time as like with each console generation you really got like a big like leap and so every time they released another one of those or yeah. like something like a, or a spiritual successor or, or whatever like usually it was like a really big deal like you're like oh what the fuck yeah like it got because you know you go from watching those movies and it's like these are battleship parts like model scale model battleship pieces that we turned into a thing and now you're seeing it and interacting with it in like a progressively more intense way it's like the, yeah. that's why I th for me that's why those games are really cool yeah for sure um, but yeah, like, I don't know. Uh, it is funny that like they've been making Star Wars games for like 30 fucking years, probably mm -hmm. longer if you want to get technical about it. Actually, much longer if you want to get technical about it. But like, this is the first time that someone has done like a unique original action adventure game that's set in that universe that tells its own story and it's really fucking good and i just want to stress again that like the combat system is so fun and it's so good and it captures at the higher difficulty levels it captures a lot of that um that like uh soulsborne magic i mean it's not quite as good it is a little janky at times uh, it can be frustrating, especially as you get towards the end of the game. Um, one weird weakness that like a lot of these games have, regardless of playstyle, is they uh, don't give you good options for crowd control. I felt like in all of these games, I got overwhelmed by multiple enemies way more than I ever did in like an actual FromSoft game. 
and that definitely happens here and can be pretty frustrating but overall i think this game is great i think it's super fun uh and i loved it i think it it just shows like what you can do with this play style and with these ideas and mechanics borrowed from the Soulsborne games rather than just feeling like a ripoff. You know, it doesn't feel like you're playing just like a mediocre Star Wars action game with some Dark Souls shit. Like it feels like you're playing a fun video game that's fun to play, <laughs> you know? That's the bottom line. Well, let's talk about something else that I love to moderate in the Discord and I love to delete it when people bring it up, which is anime. Because um, oh. your, your pick for a 3D Souls-like that you enjoyed here was Code Vein. Is that correct? Am I correct in saying that? Uh, that was a bit. <laughs> Why? Why is it a bit? You like it, right? I mean, I think the reality is like, I I don't know that I feel extremely strongly about any 3D Souls game. I just have lots of opinions about many of them. Mm -hmm. Um... But I like I, the thing I said to you that I'll repeat now that we're on air is that I think I think Code Vein and, you know, I haven't played Scarlet Nexus, but maybe it's similar in this way. Like Code Vein is extremely approachable. OK, like aside from like the obvious, like it's anime bullshit, like, yeah, like there is just an inexplicably half naked, big boobed anime lady with amnesia that's just always jiggling. Like, you know, that shit, like, yeah, like, don't get me wrong there, Chief. Like, that, that, the barrier to entry on that can be, uh, very high. Too high um, for me, for example. Yeah, but like, on a mechanical level, like, it's a really forgiving game, I think. So if you're the, like, uh, the sort of person who would be really, like, is just scared of Dark Souls games, even at this point after so many years of, like, there's so many of them with different kind of core mechanics that may make it easier or harder depending on how you play and like the number of walkthroughs and guides and just all that shit like even if you're still afraid of like the difficulty like it's a game that's a little more manageable um that one's also got like a consistent partner in it so you always have like backup in some situations you have two right so it's not quite as unforgiving. Um, there's a lot more variety too, and like weird powers and like types of weapons and all that sort of stuff you can use as well. So like, like I found myself entering like what I thought were supposed to be these like more difficult side areas that you would basically go into specifically to try to get like a better weapon or a better piece of gear or whatever. And like, I would just go in there and just like clean house. Like I, I don't know that I really died to any of the bosses. Mm hmm. I think there was like one of the bigger bosses that I like had to try a second time because I like didn't understand the mechanics at first, but like it's not a tough game. Yeah. And that's like really important. I, I think it's important to have like in the in the genre, quote unquote. Yeah. Is like a game that's a little more uh, easy to play. Uh, I guess it's unfortunate that that comes with the uh, <laughs> the the anime veneer to it. Yeah. So your mileage is going to vary there. Um, this is another one that I was interested in playing when it came out, similar to Jedi Fallen Order, but I was just like, eh, I don't want to pay that much for this now. But yeah, the the aesthetic I hate, the look I hate, mm -hmm. the character designs I hate. And I think another big pet peeve of mine is like, one of the best things about the FromSoft stuff is that there aren't cutscenes, that they're 
isn't dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that if they appear, they're short, they're cryptic, they're vibey, they're always A plus 11 out of 10. So mm-hmm. when you play a game that has like normal cutscenes, normal dialogue, all that kind of shit in this style, my brain is just immediately like, stop. No, please stop. Yeah. What are I you doing? I think if you're sort of into, uh, and when I say modern anime, I mean like the last uh, 30 years or so of anime. <laughs> okay. Like, I think if you, if you, if you find anything redeeming about like that vague style of storytelling, because like, yeah, obviously within the last 30 years of anime, there have been some like really great stories, you know, and some of them are just, good on their own some of them are like couched in a little bit of weird shit you know whatever but like if you find any of that sort of redeeming i think there's aspects of like code veins weird post-apocalyptic they're vampires now um story but yeah like it doesn't have like the strength of aesthetic i think that like a dark souls just has like raw you know Right. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, no, it's anime vampires. There's lots of moving really fast and power sliding and boobs and all that shit. <laughs> so you really, if you're not like, if you're not just used to that, like, because my brain just can just turn that stuff off. Like for me, that's just how that shit is. It, you know, right. like every once in a while, I'm like, wow, she sure is jiggling for no reason. She's just standing there. But, yeah. You know, generally speaking, like some of the more hyperbolic shit that comes along with anime is like I'm used to it. So like I played it yeah. a pretty good bit. I played like 20 or 30 hours of it. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good game aside from <laughs> some of that stuff. You know, um, yeah. I had fun playing it. I imagine it's pretty cheap by now. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. If you want if you want what you if you want the idea of like an easier Souls game, I guess. And you like anime. It seems that there are at least a couple options for you these days. So, yeah. And I do think there's there's merit to that. Because like one thing that I said in the Patreon app I did about Jedi Fallen Order is like, I think the difficulty options are really cool. Because like the people who want that experience of difficult, you know, deep combat get that. And if you don't, you can still play the game i like that i'm in favor of that personally i don't think it takes away from the game at all um and so i like that about that game i think code vein could probably also scratch the itch for a lot of people and yeah i do think that like it's useful for getting into a genre like this where you know if you play another game that kind of has some of the same ideas you might ease yourself into actually playing the FromSoft stuff um just based on that. And that's cool too. Like it's always good to have more people playing and enjoying video games. So. Yeah. Um, and like people's weird, I guess on the subject of like difficulty, people's weird fucking beef with like the idea of a difficulty slider in a dark souls game is like crazy. It's crazy because your actual beef is with development studios and ability to actually craft difficulty levels. Right. Because the the thing that happens a lot is that they just kind of artificially increase or decrease the numbers behind the scenes. Right. And that and like the game itself isn't built around the difficulty. And like that is the benefit of a game like Dark Souls just not having difficulty levels is that they they can make a whole game around, you know, just those mechanics. You just have to learn the game. And that's like fighting games to an extent like. 
it, you know, there is none. Of, there is none of that shit aside from like weird, like cheap shit they'll do in like the single player story mode. Like it's just mechanics. You just learn them. Right. But, you know, like I think there's a way to have it or there's a way to have both, you know, at the same time. I think maybe in Dark Souls' case, you just have, like, an assisted mode of some kind. A lot of games have started doing that where, like, they'll literally have two. They'll just have normal, and they'll have the, like, if you're not good at this, you can turn on this thing that'll make it a lot easier for you. Yeah. Like, I think you could do that with a Souls game. You just It's just a Souls game, and then maybe you change it to where, like, you don't lose souls when you die. And maybe, and maybe by doing that, you sort of opt out of the like, uh, like the the invasion stuff. You know, like they'd have to do, they'd have to make some room for that kind of thing. You don't yeah. want, you don't want people to just like power level the fuck out of that game and then just like <laughs> invade some new player and just absolutely wreck their shit every five minutes. Yeah. Um. But I think there's a way to make those games a little more accessible because, like, yeah, I mean, they're cool games. Yeah, people shouldn't be afraid to play them, and that's why, like you know, I'll keep the ta- I'll keep this like uh, aside short. Like I, I was really excited to play that Granblue fighting game because okay. it has like a story RPG kind of mode where they were like, yeah, it's you know, it's more of a story thing, and you're not like playing a fighting game. You're sort of playing an action game couched in like a fighting game system. Because I'm bad at fighting games, so right. like, oh, cool! It'll kind of give me like some of the basics of how they work, and I can, the numbers will go up, and I can play through a story. It's anime, but it's not like the bad side of anime. It's it's just simply anime, right? And then, like you know, if I found myself getting really into the mechanics, then I can go into the like the real like just go online and start fighting people in a fighting game. Um, and, like you know, that those don't exist a whole lot in fighting games, right? So that's like a cool thing for me as someone who's just bad at that shit, but thinks it's really cool. So I don't see why you wouldn't make easy mode for Dark Souls. Right. Why people play the Dark Souls. I think, you know, with Dark Souls, I definitely am in favor of accessibility options like you're describing. I think that worked really well in Control um, and it worked really well in Tunic. They both had the kind of sliders or specific options like in tunic there's one where you can turn off the stamina um uh restriction for example or in control you just get instead of difficulty like easy medium hard you just get a bunch of different options for different features in the game and that helps a lot um i think that in dark souls it is more difficult because of the online stuff and I think, once again, I've said this before, I'll say it again, I think that if you learn to use all the features in the game, Dark Souls kind of includes its own easy mode, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. because if you just get in the summoning and, and all that different kind of stuff, I think that it's just, it's very abstract. Um, it's hard for new players to grasp uh, and and it, it was for me too. Like it's hard to grasp because it's so abstract, and especially because of the way that like platforms are set up. Like I played the original Dark Souls initially on the Switch, and I didn't have an online account, so I was offline the whole time, and I didn't understand that that is hard mode. <laughs> like yeah. you're playing one of the hardest games ever made on hard mode, and I was like, why is this so fucking hard? You know. Um, but then like when you actually play, you know, online and you're able to use all the different features and functions and blah blah blah, you're like, oh, this this is actually a, ba- a very balanced game and the difficulty 
makes sense. So I don't know. It's it's just one of those things. Uh, and at this point, it's hard to see it changing or going in a different direction because they've been doing it for so long. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like so many people know. It's not even an if you know, you know anymore. It's like everybody knows yeah. unless you're the the unlucky new player who doesn't know. So it's kind of a catch-22, but I also agree. Like, I think that it worked great in Control, worked great in Tunic, um, seems to have worked great in Celeste. That was another game that people really liked, the different, like, sliders and difficulty options and stuff. So we'll see. But this yeah, is... Yeah, a- I mean, Elden Ring kind of changed the game there, too. I, I saw a ton of, like, I've never played a Souls game. Should I go back now that I've played Elden Ring? Yeah. You know? Like, and El- Elden Ring's got a lot more going for it in terms of, like, co-op, but I think a lot of me is thinking about, like, people who kind of stay off of internet <laughs> as far right. as, like, games are concerned, because there's many reasons to do that, but in, like, Dark Souls' case, it's like, yeah, maybe you don't want to get fucking invaded for no reason. Well, and this is this has always been why I've pointed to certain games in the series as, like, the most balanced and why I love them so much. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, Elden Ring is, because... Elden Ring gave you so many mechanical options that you could have been offline the whole time and still had help with bosses and done all the, like, you know, done all the things and gotten all the features that you would get out of the online experience, which is like just a really, really powerful thing. And it's an incredibly well-designed game, but yeah, you know what else does that? You know what else does that? Dark Souls 2, Scholars of the First Sin Edition. Yeah. Oh my god, wow, look at that. There's help in all the hard bosses, and there's invasions that you can fight that are level scaled and give you extra souls and so many materials. And mm. like it's like they've done this before. It works really well. I'd argue that Dark Souls 3 is also pretty balanced, but I still think that online is important. Um, but like, you know what's a really out of whack game is fucking Bloodborne. And like that's one that You're I telling think, me, dog. You are telling me. Yeah, and like I love Bloodborne. I I almost agree with everyone who's like it's the best because I think that in many ways it is. I just like other ones better for personal reasons. But like, um, yeah, it's it's really funny. It seems like people really gravitate towards the unbalanced ones, like the original Dark Souls and Bloodborne. But there are balanced ones that kind of show how you can do a more comprehensive experience for any player to approach that lets you play online or offline. But yeah, I mean, I guess that is a strong uh, reason why games that are influenced by Dark Souls and that could loosely be lumped into the Souls-like genre exist and why they should exist because it gives people more options to like play and experience these games. and, And that's really cool. So this is a good sideline, I think, into talking about games that do something kind of totally different with the Dark Souls influence, which is 2D Souls-like games. Um, And this is a genre that I think just by the numbers, you and I are both much more familiar with. Uh, I think by its very nature, like, yeah, Souls-like games are, are... They found a home there a lot quicker, which means there's a lot more of them because smaller developers and like individuals that really they they're more likely to look at what happens in like a FromSoft game and be like, I like this, this and this. 
how can I graft that? How can I sort of weave that into something? Yeah. And not like, oh, this is a big AAA game. I should make big AAA game because it'll make me money. Yeah. And then you end up with a surge and it's like, wow, this is okay, I guess. <laughs> it sure is press right bumper to swing. Yeah. For so. sure. Well, and, and I think what I find really interesting about the 2D Souls-like games is that I think that they capture the underlying mechanics of Soulsborne games a lot better than the 3D Souls-like games on average, right? Like you play a really good yeah. one and it nails a combat, that's great. But I think the 2D ones, because the mechanics are simpler and there's just less going on, like with the lack of 3D movement and other things, it lets the devs focus on making sure the movement feels right, making sure like the swing of your weapon and blocking and parrying and all that kind of stuff feels just right. And it seems like they have a much higher success rate because they're not also trying to juggle 3D movement, 3D graphics, all these different mechanics. Things that yeah. in the early days FromSoft could barely manage, you know what I mean? Because like those <laughs> early games are janky yeah. as fuck, you know? So. Mm -hmm. So I find that they generally have a higher success rate. I mean, the first one that I played was Hyper Light Drifter. It's still one of my favorite games of all time. We spent like two hours talking about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that game. It's the best. The, the feel of the movement, the combat, everything is just so fucking good. The world building, everything is just perfect. The fucking music. But another game that I played in the style that I also really liked was Hollow Knight. And like Hollow Knight has a lot of those same qualities. You know, where it's like it has great feel to the combat, great movement. All the mechanics are super cool and interesting. Um, it has the souls as like XP and currency mechanic um, that I think is very distinct to like the Soulsborne games. Uh, yeah, and I think the fact that it's in 2D with a beautiful aesthetic, a beautiful world, it makes it really engaging. And it also just like makes all that stuff hit way harder. Um so I think I had a lot more fun with Hollow Knight than I had with like 99% of like 3D action adventure games just yeah. in general that I've played. Yeah, and I find, um, I always find myself like really um, drawn to games that have that like uh, hand-drawn uh, visual effect. Like Hollow Knight is like a very smooth, like fluid uh, graphic style that's like illustrated. Um, right. Like I love the world and aesthetic and like all like it's a super like cozy game. I mean until it gets like hard, you know, but yeah. Like the music's great and all the biomes are really interesting and pretty. Yeah. The care like the characters and the the fake language like gibberish thing they have, like the peanut style, just like blah, 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 you yeah. know, like all uh, yeah. of that's really fucking great. Yeah. Uh I just like tapped out after 15 hours because i was like i don't know where to go man i have no idea where i'm going yeah same i had the and, same experience and they're like well you you get a map eventually and i'm like where is it <laughs> and everyone's like oh i don't really remember and i'm like cool thanks man thank you for telling me it's the best game ever but you can't help me yeah so i was like that's fine like i think my real enjoyment of this has been like the characters and the and the environment yeah. and all that stuff and i was like well i got my money's worth here like i had a lot of fun doing it and i don't need to like suffer to get more yeah. any, like i got my enjoyment out of it so why keep going and that's i feel like i mentioned that before in one of our many talks about like 
not forcing yourself through this shit like yeah for sure and that, that was i had a similar experience with that game but for different reasons like i love the combat in that game i love the exploration but it was the platforming and especially like mm-hmm. I played for 20 hours. I got very, very deep into it. And it just got to a point where it was like the combination of the combat being really difficult and the platforming, the platforming just pushed me over the edge. Cause like, I don't really like that shit. I'm not good at platformers. I don't really enjoy them. Even like, like everyone else who was a kid when I was a kid, I played a fuck ton of them, but instead of yeah. being nostalgic for it or enjoying it, my take is like, I don't need to do it anymore. I put in my time. I'm done. <laughs> so, yeah, but it it is a great game. I I really loved it. And like I played for 20 hours, which for me is like a lot. Any game I play for over 10 hours, I'm like, "Damn, I played that a lot." And yeah. so yeah, I I love it. It's a great game. Um I think another game that I played not long after that that I think also really hits the kind of like 2D Souls-like button really hard was Blasphemous. Um mm-hmm. Blasphemous was a game that I covered for the show. We did an episode on it. I had mixed feelings on it, but I feel like I came off kind of negative. And I have to say that over time, I've really grown to love the game Blasphemous. I played it again on the Switch, and I really like it. Uh, I think the visual style and the music are incredible. The world is amazing. The bosses are like as good as... Symphony of the Night, which I understand how fucking insane that sounds, but like I mean it. Uh, and yeah, ultimately the the quirks. Once again, the thing I didn't like about it was the platforming, um, and I also felt like some of the combat was a little underutilized. Like the game has really good combat, but it doesn't give you enough chances to really like dive into how deep the sword play can be. You know. Um, mm-hmm. which is something you always get out of like a FromSoft game, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I really love that game and I've come around on it to thinking that it was really great. And yet that was a game that really convinced me that like between that and Hollow Knight and Hyper Light, I was kind of like, I feel like this style of game works better in 2D. It's easier to create. It's easier to approach. And uh, I'm a really no. big fan of it ultimately um it's better in 2d for like uh for for other people to make like from yeah. soft obviously like like I, I like i don't think i think it's fair to say that like uh, a souls game is like that's a 3d game but right. if someone's gonna like try to like kind of forge their own path on that like yeah 2d is kind of the way to go right i think it's i think it's easier to give yourself more freedom in that space than it is to like try to make a really competent, like even like literally a competent souls like game, like not even getting into like, well, is it good though? Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause it's a real mixed bag on, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think that like the games that like really attempt to emulate a from soft game that are 3d are like, I don't think there's a good one. All the sure. ones that are 3d that I can think of that are good are they kind of, go down their own path pretty hard right. they just borrow a lot of like ideas and some mechanics and all that stuff yeah definitely and you know i will say to you before we get to our picks here quick uh there are not good 2d souls likes uh oh yeah i man i played one it was dog shit which one i got um morbid the seven acolytes and i got 
eldest souls. <laughs> now, if you if you had to pick between those two, which one do you think is the interesting one that I will eventually play more of, and which one is the dog shit one? Um, not eldest souls. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and I think the thing that like makes a souls like a two D souls like good for me is that I don't. I personally do not register it that way. Yeah. Like blasphemous, I do I did I do not clock as a souls like. Now that they've updated it, because that's I a thing I guess I forgot to mention is like they did update that game. Yeah, a lot. A good bit. A lot. Because I played it around the time that that episode came out and I was like, yeah, I really dig the aesthetic, but like I don't want to play a Souls game right now. Right. And I recently reinstalled it and I'm like, oh, this game is different. And now it now it feels just like a Metroidvania to me, honestly. It did not feel like a Souls game at all. Yeah. Um, and so, like, when you play one of them and you're like, okay, I, like, see the Dark Souls comparison, but for me, this isn't a Souls-like. Those are those are good to me. Yeah, definitely. And this fucking Eldest Souls, is just, apparently it's a boss rush game, effectively. Okay. Like, you're not, you're not getting quite as much of the, like, you're exploring a world. It is a larger scope game like it is mostly all about those fights and like yeah it just man <laughs> not good did not feel not feel did not feel good to play really yeah it was just like the actual mechanical aspects of it just felt clunky as fuck and i was like what is the fun of a game that is seeking to emulate this style but then it takes out literally everything that makes it good. Yeah. Because in my mind, like the boss fights aren't the like the the focal point of a uh, of like a FromSoft game. Like they they can be really cool. There are a lot of bosses that are like super. You like they're really engaging to play, or like the the boss just looks fucking cool, or it's really big or something. But that's not like the main draw. So I'm like, so you've taken everything out of this. Right. And like the controls aren't even that solid. Yeah. And that's just the whole bit is you're just like, yeah, no. Like, what's the point, man? Can we can we quit? Yeah. Like, clearly you're talented. Like, you know, the the pixel art looks nice. The animations are good. It's mostly technically fine to play. Like, you've got the skills. Please just make something else. Yeah, so the one that I played that I didn't like, I definitely had a lot of the same feelings about. Um, and this, this is actually a massive hot take because a lot of people love this game and it's kind of mm. seen as like the OG of 2D Souls-likes was Salt and Sanctuary. No, I haven't played uh, it. Dude. I just have it. I fucking hated it, man. I played <laughs> as much as I could stand of it and I just <laughs> couldn't fucking stand it, dude. So like the pitch is literally just what if Dark Souls was 2D? And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm listening. But the combat feels awful. The movement feels awful. It's janky. Um, the bosses are terrible. The bosses are just the most like shitty, artificially difficult bullshit I've maybe ever experienced in a video game. Like, they're not impossible. They're not even that hard, but like it feels like they couldn't figure out how to do what Dark Souls does in a 3D space, in a 2D space. So they just made it so that the bosses can move way faster than you and reach way mm. farther than you. And you and like because of that, it does give you a feel like you're playing Dark Souls, but then like you can't just roll through them like you could in a Dark Souls game or like you can in a Castlevania game. 
So you're just constantly like dodging into the bosses and then getting massively punished. And it was just like, dude, this is horrible. Like it's, it's not finely tuned. It doesn't feel good to play. It's terrible. It has a skill tree for some fucking reason. It's like, why does this game have a skill tree? I don't know. I, I couldn't fucking stand it. I thought it was terrible. And I was like, yeah, this is just an unoriginal, poorly made copy of Dark Souls. Like, this is definitely something that deserves all the shade that the, the name Souls-like implies, in my opinion. Um, I forget it exists, honestly. Yeah. Like, I pretty much completely forgot it existed until... Um, <laughs> like, I forgot it existed till I got it for free on Hump or uh, blah, 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 Epic. And then I forgot it again, and then you brought it up when we were kind of, like, talking about doing this. Yeah. Um... And, you know, I haven't heard anything about it, really, since yeah. it came out. Like, I know there's... I don't know if there is a second one or if they're working on it. I'm not sure what the deal is with that. But, like, I don't ever really run into anyone playing it now. Yeah. Like, no one really talks about it anymore. And I think... I think the reason it popped off is because it was just, like, the first... Uh, I don't know if it was the first one, literally, but it was you know, the first. Yeah. It was the first one in the in the general gaming zeitgeist or whatever. And I think at that point, you know, people weren't familiar enough with those games on a broad scale to understand what made them good. Right. So when they played one that was 2D, they were like, "Oh, it's like it's it's Zelda, Mario, but whatever. Pick your 2D character guy." Yeah. Like it's it's that but Dark Souls. That's so quaint and great. And I remember everyone being really into Salt and Sanctuary and I was like, "Well, I don't know if it's good or not, but like this art style sucks shit." Yeah, it's bad. Like this looks like a f- it looks like the ads I keep getting now on YouTube that are like the little guy and he's either like on the giant lady's boobies and then he gets pulled. It's the, you know, the, it's the game. It's like the phone game thing. Yeah. Or he like, he's like, oh, I got to take a shit. And then he shits in the genie's lamp and then the genie's <laughs> mad. Like, I was like, I don't know what this is. This is heinous and I'm tired of seeing it. But like, it literally to me looks the same. Yeah. Like the art yeah. style in Salt and Sanctuary is that, but on a more like muted color palette like it doesn't yeah. look cool and like even all the like when I would like watch like a or like see a clip of it or something I was just like why is every area like so drab and like, yeah like it feels claustrophobic and not in like a like intense like gritty you know engaging way it just feels like they didn't want to have to work on like assets or something so they're like put him in a tunnel put that guy in a fucking tunnel yeah it, it's definitely like it, it made a name for itself by being early to the game and also just being dark souls like they're just yeah. doing dark souls and uh i i don't like it i don't think it's good but Bad. yeah anyway we're not here to talk about that game and i don't want to uh i just wanted to point out that they're not all good <laughs> <laughs> like they're not. I mean, they're yeah. not. They're definitely not all good. But let's talk about some good games. Um, let's do your pick first, because uh, I did get a chance to play a couple hours of this game, um, and I really liked it. The game is Death's Gambit, uh, and this is one that other people have told me to play, but you specifically have been pretty sweet on for a while now. Um, yeah, I played a little bit of it. I think it's really, really cool. It definitely feels more like what you were saying about blasphemous where mm-hmm. it's like definitely its own kind of take on a 2d 
action-adventure game that has as much in common with, like, Metroidvanias as it does with Soulsborne, but then it has those distinct Soulsy elements to it, like having to collect your XP currency Souls thing when you die and having something that's essentially flasks and all those kind of things. But, yeah, the gameplay is really good. Combat feels really good. Um... I thought it was a, it was a cool game. It has a great visual style, uh, very nice, like intricate pixel art, kind of reminiscent of Symphony of the Night. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a cool game. I had a really fun time playing it. I'm definitely gonna play more. Yeah, I got it at launch, which was a long time ago. Now I think like. <laughs> I, feel, I think it launched like five years ago or so. Sure. Like it's, and the, the, you know, the update wasn't, didn't even come out till like the, like a year ago or something like that, maybe. Um, so when I got, and you know, they had updated it over those years, but like the big update, I guess, is what really changed it. And so when it first came out, it was a lot more like a Souls game. Uh, like in the way Blasphemous kind of was when it first came out. Um, and I, you know, I don't know if everyone just kind of collectively had a realization about how these things should work or or what, but much like Blasphemous for me, the update for this really like made it a much more cohesive game and a much more approachable game. Um, and also, like, if you happen to beat it, I guess when it came out, like they've changed so much about it with the update that it's kind of worth playing again. Sure. Like, it's mostly a different game at this point. Yeah. And if you know, if you never played it, that's fine. It's a better it's better to have never played it and then play it now, I think, you know, cuz on one hand, you're dealing with like now you're you're playing what their vision for it is, which is always great. Um, but also it's just a it's a more robust and uh forgiving game, I guess now. Now now that it behaves a bit more like a Metroidvania. Right. Um, it always kind of had the thing it always borrowed the most, in my opinion, from like a Metroidvania type game was sort of like uh, blocking off access to different parts of the map through like a traversal method or some kind of key or whatever you needed to do. Right. So that's always been there. But now it, you know. Now it feels a little more like that and less like a kind of like hyper difficult, unforgiving action game. Right. Um, there's a lot of stuff with skill trees. There's like more than one. You you get to pick the skill tree. Initially, it was like a souls style. You just have stats and you can use any weapon as long as you have the stats or you can use any weapon you want. But like you want to have the right stats. Right. Now it's you pick a class at the beginning of the game. Yeah. And the fun part of that is like there's the Bloodborne class where you you get to like, you know, go in to try to get some of your health back if you lose it. Yeah, um, that's what I was playing as. It's really fun. That's something that is seen as kind of unique to Soulsborne games, having different, you know, very divergent play styles, but also that kind of comes from Symphony of the Night. So mm -hmm. to me, it feels very at home in this type of game because I see it as a symphony of the night thing personally. Yeah. Yeah. Th this game, it just plays really well. Um, the combat is really fun and really finely tuned. Um, and the world is cool. Once again, that's all I'm looking for really. Yeah, I think the characters are all really neat. There's a lot of cool voice acting. I don't know if you've gotten there yet, but you meet like 
this little race of tiny I don't know what they are. I don't I don't know if they're just little goblins or if they're just <laughs> weird tiny bird people, but like they just they're just always drinking hooch, I guess. Yeah. Like they're really fun. Like there's a lot of like, you know, it's a it can be a dark and morose thing at times, but then it also has like a lot of, you know, just like normal characters or like levity thrown in or whatever. Yeah. Like the world's neat and Yeah, I don't I don't I've never beaten it, so I actually don't know. Uh, where the story fully goes. I feel like parts of it are kind of obvious or at least were to me when I was playing it, but you know, maybe there's a twist there for somebody. Eh. Yeah, definitely worth checking out, especially if you like Blasphemous. Um, feels like a more approachable game in that style. I think that has a little bit more Dark Souls influence or more obvious Dark Souls influence. Oh yeah, because Blasphemous is so like rooted in its... um very gothic, very dirty Catholic guilt thing. And, uh, Death's Gambit's a little more like, like Death's Gambit is like, like any souls like game. Like it aims to be a bit like dark in multiple ways, but it's like a very vibrant, colorful world where, you know, you're still doing fucked up shit. I guess you're killing everyone and yada, yada. It kind of reminds me of Hades. In terms of the color palette and some of the tone yeah. of the writing and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, Hades is definitely way more bold because there's just so much like hand drawn, like right. illustrated stuff and and uh more like fluid animation happening in that game. Uh right. and this is just pixel art. But yeah, it does. I I've always liked the particular brand of pixel art that's here. Yeah. Especially because like it doesn't there's pixel art that uses like um, like outline still like it's a traditionally drawn, you know, illustration or something. And then there's pixel art that like doesn't do that. It kind of tries to emulate like how real light and shadow and color works. Yeah. Which I like here. Um, and there's some like like even the hand or like I guess they're I don't know if they're hand drawn or just they're more detailed pixel art. But there's still like there's drawn portraits of things. Yeah. That are still like kind of, you know, jagged and bitty. Yeah, for sure. So it just has a cool visual style. It's just a game that like people were they were like, ah, it's whatever when it came out. And I'm like, ah, but they keep making it better. You have to like, yeah, we live in the age of games constantly being worked on. And, you know, if someone's going to keep working on a game, I think you should at least like meet them at that and try to like play it again at some point. So, yeah, well, speaking of games with great visual style that I think are getting a little bit dismissed by some people for being derivative. I want to talk about Mm -hmm. my pick, the last pick of the day, which is Tunic. Um, What the fuck? Tunic is so fucking good. Uh, And at this point, in one way or another, people will have heard me talk a little bit about Tunic because I wrote a little short spiel. But like, um, to sum it up, I mean, Tunic is a game that basically kind of imagines a game that is in the style of Link to the Past, kind of a 16-bit-ish Zelda game, but with Dark Souls combat, and then sets it in a very weird, mysterious, and meta world with like the best visual style and the best music you've ever heard, and then just plops you into it and says go. Um, It's so fucking good. Like, 
And it's so good on so many different levels, right? Because like the first thing you notice when you boot it up is the visual style. It kind of has that claymation-y look like the Link's Awakening remake on the Switch. Um, it sort of has a visual style close to that. It's very colorful and vibrant. Um, all the areas are super well designed. They're all really different. It has a big dose of Hyperlight Drifter in it. Like, mm. there's a lot of that kind of um, sci-fi neon pink everywhere yeah. look. To I some mean, those are my three favorite words in the English language at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think legit you would seriously love this game. Like, well, seriously. Yeah, I haven't, anytime I hear brought up, I hear people be like, no, it's you don't understand. You don't understand how good it is. You hear me telling you it's good and like but I know you're ignoring me <laughs> like you don't understand like so yeah I know it's I know it is in fact good I just yeah that's the thing that's frustrating is it's it's a lot like Hyperlight Drifter in that like it's hard to explain why it's so good because it's a combination of everything right like it's got this Zelda-ish world with this really cool visual style and it's got this insane music this the soundtrack I found out yesterday or on Friday is on Spotify and that nice. has just been like the best news I've gotten um in a while uh and like it's so good but then like you actually start playing the game and the combat is amazing it's such an interesting mix of being simple like a classic Zelda but then also being super deep like a Soulsborne game and it's also it gets very very difficult especially towards the end um but it's always really fun and satisfying and doable it's very fun to explore it's very easy to get around i think the way and once again it's like every element of the game kind of like mixes up Soulsborne and zelda in like the perfect match so even like the way you explore is really cool because you are doing Zelda style exploration where you're running around and then hitting a barrier where it's like, well, I don't have the right item. You know, it feels very influenced by Link's Awakening or something like that, where it's just all item based. But you also, once you unlock new areas, like you can unlock shortcuts back. And that's very like Dark Souls-ish. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's really cool because it also has a little bit of metroidvania right where it's like you get that item and then you do a loop of the whole map and you look for new places you can go and new things you can find and that's like a big part of the game that's a lot of the fun of the game is like going and trying to collect everything it's like the sort of game that you 99 percent because you just want to keep playing the game you know what i mean like yeah and the other thing though is like there is this really weird meta element that's kind of hard to explain and I, not because it's like spoilery, like I don't think it's a spoiler at all, but like there is something very weird going on with the game. Like the storyline is definitely about like resurrection and multiple lives and stuff, but there's also like an in-game manual that you find and you collect pages. But when you look at it, the camera like zooms out and you can see the game in the background like on a CRT. And so it's like, <laughs> wait a minute. I'm like... There's some weird meta shit going on here. Because the other thing is that the whole game is in a fake language, even the manual. Like, you get little words and phrases in English, but the whole thing is in this fake runic language. And so, like, it's like, wait, is this the language in the world that the person playing the game is in? Or is this the language in the world of the game? It's so fucking cool. And, like, I love that... It's basically a Dark Souls style um, 
obtuseness mechanic, right? Where they don't tell you how to play the game. They don't tell you what literally anything does. There's even one major mechanic that you quote unquote unlock by like finding the page of the manual, but you can do it from the start of the game. You just literally don't know to do it. And theoretically you could accidentally do it. Um, But the game is kind of set up so that you won't. And so like, the fact that they made an entire mechanic and a huge portion of the game designed around wanting it to be obtuse and wanting you to slowly figure out how to play the game as you're playing that is like so good. And yeah, it just makes the game really fun. It's like the first half of the game, don't look online, don't use a guide, just experience the game. And then, you know, once you get closer to the end, then it's fun, just like in a Zelda game, right? Like it's fun to look up where all the hearts are or where all the heart container pieces are and you know like that kind of shit and so it's a really nice mix of like what makes a dark souls game fun what makes a zelda game fun and then it's in this very unique game that it's not just retro it's not just referential it actually says something about like retro nostalgia and being referential and it actually like has something to say about that kind of meta aspect of people wanting to re-experience things over and over and over it's so fucking good, man. Like, it's just the best game I've played in a really long time. And once again, I think it it both shows what can be so great about uh, the quote-unquote Souls-like genre, and it also completely breaks the genre. Because it's like, yeah, it's inspired by Dark Souls, but it's so unique and it's so good that calling it a Souls-like is offensive <laughs> like <laughs> and that's why the coverage about it has been like bugging me because even though it's it's positive it's people being like it's so influenced by bloodborne or it's so influenced by dark souls if you like that you're gonna love this and blah blah, blah. and it's like no dude like everyone should just play tunic because it's so good we already know the gaming media just fucking there they have to put that shit in for fucking seo and shit yeah they don't even know what they're saying when they do that so yeah big clicky hours um yeah, I get it, but it's just bugging me because it's like, no, mm-hmm. this is a masterpiece. You don't understand. And it's also like, it's perfect length. It's like 15 hours to to do a pretty thorough playthrough. And like the max you could even spend in it to get everything is probably around like 20. But like for this kind of game, it's such a nice length. It's shorter than a lot of other games in the genre, but it's still pretty long. Um, it has a great loop. It's fun to play just being in the world and hearing the music and all that shit is uh a a a plus man it's just absolutely fucking great maybe it'll be my birthday gift to me yeah i mean can't go wrong it's it's so good but yeah like i said i i think that that's the game that really got me thinking about all of this shit cuz it kind of broke my conception of the genre and it made me kind of like be like hostile towards the idea of a souls like because like no like we just yeah. live in a post dark souls world like it's a popular game it's a popular style games are going to come out that are influenced by that and people need to stop getting hung up on it you know i mean what it's been i mean if 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 we're considering demon souls as part of the like that's the other, and I say that because like i can't really get a grasp on whether or not people consider demon souls part of the like Soulsborne bubble, right? It's it's what it's just the way people are with like 
Bloodborne or Elden Ring. They're like, no, it's not the same. It's different. I'm like, whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's been how long has it been? You know, like it's yeah. been at least a decade. It's been what a decade since Dark Souls came out. But like, if we're Solid, counting yeah. Demon Souls, then it's been longer. And yeah, that's long enough now that it's just it's a thing that has slowly permeated its way through the medium in general. So yeah. you know. I don't even know if it's about being a souls like anymore, you know? Yeah. I think the best games will just like they always do borrow little pieces from everything. And, you know, for me just saying it's a Zelda like or it's a souls like is like that's useful for getting some context, but I don't love it. I don't love it as like a selling point. Yeah. Because I, I think you're selling something short immediately if you're just like, well, it's like this. Yeah, like, uh, that's. I don't want to hear that. I'll just go play the thing. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I just tell think, me something good. Yeah, I think it's just not useful as a genre. Like, it's fine in a as a descriptor, you know, where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, the the combat is a lot like Dark Souls, and it's really good. Like, that's good. I like to hear that, you know. Or it's the same as like when people are talking about control. There were a fair amount of people who were saying stuff like it's a Metroidvania game, and I think that's fine. But I think that. Control isn't really a Metroidvania game. I think it's way more useful to be like the way that a lot of people were talking about it, which is like, well, it's a third person action adventure game. It's a it's a remedy game for sure, but it's got these elements of Metroidvania. It's got these elements of Soulsborne and and things like that. I think it comes down to a respect. Like when people are talking about these games, if it's something you respect you're more willing to say, oh, it takes an influence. It has elements of this. And if you don't respect it, I think it's more like, oh, it's just a copy, you know? Like, and once again, to bring it back to the music discussion for a second, that's something that happens all the time. But like, I think about that a lot with like shoegaze music, like the genre that I kind of work in, right? Because it's like, back in the day, it was the easiest way to dismiss a band would be like, oh, it's just my bloody Valentine worship. Like, that's all it is. And They would say that about bands like The Lilies, who are like made, their second record is like one of the best shoegaze records of all time. And it's like barely a shoegaze record. It's like a weird experimental slowcore record. And so I think about that all the time where it's like, yeah, it would be so easy to just disrespectfully be like, fuck these guys, whatever. Or alternately, you could actually be like thoughtful and li- <laughs> listen to music and experience the art. and. Imagine I feel like that. that same thing is happening with this kind of genre discussion. It is now. We've ushered in a new era of um, yeah. Souls-like. We discourse. did it. We fixed it. I can't believe Money, please. It. Congratulations. Congratulations. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> Thank you.